0: Talking primetime football here on Fresh Football Takes today. Welcome back, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at, at Fresh Football, hashtag Fresh Football Takes. And again, as, as per usual at this point, is joining me my producer and Mike Keegan.
1: Keegan. Hello, everybody. We're fresh. We got the takes and they're piping hot, let me tell you.
0: Before we get to those Fresh Football Takes, though, for a minute, uh, Keegan, I know that you're doing something here for the month of October. Why don't you cue the listeners in on what you're doing?
1: Oh, um, on, on my Twitter thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, as uh, many of you probably don't know, I am a huge film buff. I was a film major in college, and uh, I'm doing that whole sort of thing. So, you know, I like to blog and write and talk about movies as much as probably any person I know. Um, So for the month of October, I always like to watch a horror movie a day and then talk about it. And uh, I got a little... Twitter thread going on, hashtag Keegs Month of Madness is the hashtag. If anybody out there wants to join in, you know, um, either join in the conversation or watch some of the movies or chime in with some movies of your own, um, I'm kind of doing a, a random thing where I just have a whole bunch of horror movies listed and I'm going to pick one out of a hat every night um, and watch it and talk about it on Twitter. So uh, yeah, if you're out there, hashtag
0: KeegsMonthOfMadness. Join Keegan in his conversation and... That was a great shameless plug.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, it wasn't totally shameless. You put me into it, so True. you brought me into it. Yeah, so. I,
0: d- I, d- I did put you on the spot. <laughs> so I guess that's it. We could probably just jump right into these uh, hot football takes we've got coming in here, huh?
1: Yeah, they were two, um, well, two very interesting primetime games, I think. Uh, you know, first Sunday night, of course, the Steelers-Ravens, always a great primetime matchup. But Except this, for this week. Yeah, this week I was about to say was was a little lackluster. I think lackluster on the
0: yeah lackluster on the Steelers part. The Ravens did absolutely incredible in this game, Joe. Especially
1: in Pittsburgh, it was it was very surprising.
0: No, absolutely. the The defense really just kind of shut down the Steelers' offense. Those those weapons I mentioned, and which is why I thought they were going to win in that water bet we made. But can't win them all.
1: Yeah, I think, like we said, Flacco um, looks rejuvenated. You know, John Brown is a deep target for him, and it's been a while since he had one. So, you know, John Brown, uh, three for 116 and a touchdown, you know, that's getting it done in the deep game. You know, that's not something that we've seen from the Ravens in the last two or three years. Yeah,
0: that's that's the one big piece that they've really been missing. Everybody thought that Crabtree was going to be the number one there. We all know what he did in Oakland. But he's really taken a back seat. I mean, nobody particularly had a, a whole heck of a lot of catches here. Willie Sneed uh, paced the Ravens receiving core with six. But John Brown was really the the main guy. Like you said, he had 116 yards and a touchdown. So he's really looking to prove that he's the best wide receiver here in this
1: unit. Absolutely. And on the other side, you know, the Steelers, I was kind of thinking during the game that the offense is just it just looks out of sorts. And I'm thinking if if this Bell situation is taking a toll on their chemistry.
0: He's coming back week seven during their bye, so Correct.
1: Right. Yeah, right, hopefully right, right,
0: right. that'll hopefully that'll fix some of these things. But you know that there's an issue when Ryan Switzer is the leading uh receiver right. for the Steelers, and when I say leading receiver, I guess I mean receptions because mm-hmm. he, he only had 32 yards, but he did have seven receptions. I believe he also had a rush as well. Vance McDonald and Antonio Brown paced the unit in receiving yards. They actually had an identical stat line. Both had five catches for 62 yards. AB did get the touchdown. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that Switzer line just looks to me like, you know, Ben was under pressure, the ravens secondary was holding up down the field so he was a lot you know of quick checking down balls, yeah. yep and uh that that's really the story of the ravens they have a very solid bordering on great defense they're going to get some more pieces back next week jimmy smith's going to come back um and i really think that that combined with their here's the word again rejuvenated offense um rejuvenated joe flacco john brown bringing that rejuvenated deep ball back to Baltimore I think it's a winning formula and it's shown so far the Ravens
0: are going to be all right one one more thing I want to touch on the Ravens before we really dive a little bit more into the Steelers woes is Lamar Jackson I know that they obviously drafted him at number 32 Uh, they said that Joe Flacco is their quarterback but they do want to get Lamar Jackson some work and you know they've proven that to be true Lamar Jackson definitely gets a few snaps a game but it seems like every time he's in they run the ball I don't know if they're just kind of setting up for later in the season when they put him in and everyone thinks, oh, they're just going to run the ball again. And and he pulls out a surprise pass. Maybe they're saving that, like I said, for a big situation. But I think that at some point in time, if they really want to get Lamar Jackson involved a little bit, they're going to have to let him throw the ball at least a couple times here.
1: Yeah, it's true. You see that four carries for 17 yards, and every time they bring him in, yeah, it's more like uh, designed runs. Like and a read option. Wildcats read options, and, you know, 4.3 yards per carry isn't terrible when the defense pretty much knows you're going to run the ball every time you come out on the field. So I think you might be on something there with them setting up the defense to react oh it's going to be a run Lamar Jackson's in and then maybe later on in the season they actually start letting him throw the ball a little bit more for some big plays
0: I think that's going to be very exciting when that finally does happen we'll get to see why they really did draft him at number 32 overall to be Joe Flacco's eventual successor hopefully so we'll jump it like I said to the Steelers side of the ball there's not too much to talk about, though, that we didn't already cover. Um, yeah. We already talked about a lot about the receiving core, so I guess with the receiving core goes Big Ben. Yeah. Uh, 27 for 47, 274 and a touchdown, did throw that interception. The Steelers' offense was really dead in the water the whole game. They really just turned it on in the second half of the second quarter where they scored a quick 14 points to tie it up before the half, but beyond that, they were dead, like I said. I thought that they were going to come out of the half, a little bit better and a little bit more on fire than they did just cuz they finished the second quarter so positively but again they're just like I keep saying
1: dead yeah you you really exactly like you said you really thought they were going to come out of the second half and it being the home field advantage and all that for them you really thought that they were going to you know turn Connor loose or turn Antonio Brown loose or turn one of the many weapons they have on that offense loose but no one could could get loose connor ends with nine carries for 19 yards very pedestrian day by him
0: the second game he's
1: had like that um yeah and i i i think that as with so many other football teams as the run game goes so do the steelers when connor was gashing defenses in the first two weeks they looked amazing um and this week they didn't
0: Yeah, the Steelers have gone from the Killer Bs and Ben, Brown, and Bell to the Killer Ds and Dysfunctional and Dead and probably some more Dysfunctional thrown in there. So let's go to a higher note, a little bit of a better overall game here. Are we shifting to showtime? Well, I guess before we do that, I should probably mention that I I picked the Steelers, of course, and, and I lost. I thought those were twenty four twenty. It was thirty three fourteen, not very close.
1: Feeling a little soggy there, Tony?
0: Yeah, I'm a little wet. We'll uh we'll post that video after the show is up and recorded and you guys get to see me get uh, a cup of water to the face. So now we'll move on to the showtime Patty Mahomes Chiefs here. Uh I did call this game correctly. I thought the Chiefs were gonna win. I thought it'd be a little more of a gap. I had thirty five to twenty one, but it was twenty seven twenty three and really for most of the game it looked like the Broncos were the better team on the field.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, and another case of home field, you figure that it being um in the mile high stadium, even though that's not what it's called now, I don't think. But um, being in the Mile High Stadium, that's always more of a considerable advantage because of the air and stuff. And uh, the Broncos defense looked looked like the Broncos defense of the past couple years for the first half. You know, they were, they were getting to the quarterback. They were making them do certain things that you could tell they weren't really wanting to do. They weren't able to push the ball down field nearly as much as the Chiefs had been in in the earlier games. And, yeah, it really seemed like they had Mahomes a little confuzzled there for the first half or so.
0: Yeah, the Broncos' defense did a really good job containing those receiving weapons. Tariq Hill was only 9 for 54. Uh, Sammy Watkins was 0 for 0, and I think he left the game with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey did have a pretty good day, 7 for 78 with a touchdown. But, again, that's not anything... That's extravagant. It's Sure, it's a solid game, but you know we've been seeing at least one of these Chiefs players have a monstrous day. But it didn't come through the air. It really came through the ground for them this week with Kareem Hunt finally putting up a big game. I know he had Welcome. The, I know he had the two touchdowns last game, I think, but it was really a low yardage game. He got two touchdowns really from right around the goal line, but this week he was 19 for 121 and 1.
1: Yeah, this was all about the legs of Kansas City. You had the legs of Kareem Hunt getting it done with a good old-fashioned bell cow stat line there, 19 for 121 and a touchdown.
0: He even added three catches for 54 yards. I wanted to interject that in there.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. he's, He's a great pass catcher when he gets the looks, and I think that was a product of the legs of Pat Mahomes because he was scrambling around, you know, that Denver pass rush with Von Miller was really forcing him out of the pocket, but he can do that. I believe they cited on the telecast that Pat Mahomes threw last night for the most yardage outside of the pocket in NFL history. Yeah, I think I saw that as well. Which is incredible. This kid is in his first year and He's being forced out of the pocket, play after play in that second half, running full speed, sideline to sideline, looking for people downfield, and he's making the plays.
0: He's making them all. He looked like a pro. He's been compared to Brett Favre already.
1: Oh, a number of times. Especially over, with the way he played him. yesterday.
0: That I think that left-handed throw really sparked the yeah, Brett it Favre. Yeah, it sealed the deal. It yeah, definitely. The deal. He did. Have a good day, like we said. Uh not as on fire as he's been. He was twenty eight for fifty four, uh three or four and one touchdown, but he did get his first rushing touchdown of his career to really kind of get the Chiefs back in the game. And you know, in the fourth quarter is really when they took over, scoring really fourteen of their twenty seven points. The defense stepped up in the fourth quarter for the Chiefs, only giving up three points, which really helped them seal that victory, because I know the Broncos were driving with about a minute or two left in the game, really looking to to steal it right back from the Chiefs, but Chiefs defense really held up.
1: Yeah, that and Case Keenum missed a wide-open Demarius Thomas on, a, oh, on a sideline route to oh, the man, end Oh, man, that was an easy touchdown. He, he let it sail, and yeah, that was the game right there, so... While I do agree that the Chiefs' defense did absolutely stand up, um, I really think that...
0: Sorry, we are getting a tornado warning here.
1: Yeah, we're doing this episode under a little bit of duress for you guys. Um, yeah, we're we're kind of nervous our studio is going to come
0: down. Our studio is going to get blown away by a tornado, so we apologize about that.
1: Yeah, for that pause. But, uh, yeah, Case Keenum, uh, he had it. He really did, and... Yeah, just a great statement win by the Chiefs, again. Undefeated, and they roll into a division rival's home turf, and they they take a game away from them.
0: They did. They certainly did. Um, that touchdown that Case Keenum missed would have been his only touchdown of the game, and he only needed one. He yep. just needed one, but he, he overthrew him. He overthrew Demarius Thomas, who... Had a lackluster day himself. That really would have boosted his stat line. He only had four catches for twenty four yards. Right. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders didn't do much better, five for forty five. And and you think with that, with those, is your one and two that you know you are going to be able to move the ball? But it looks like Case Keenum is playing like the career backup that he's really been. You know, last year I, I know he played phenomenally last year, uh, but that's really seeming to be the the fluke here.
1: Yeah, he's coming down to earth a little bit since the miracle season last year in Minnesota. Um, these past two games really haven't been anything special, and this game might even be considered a bad game by him. It It could very well be. It is considered a bad game by him. 21 for 33 with 245, no touchdowns and a pick. Not a good um, day. Yeah, that's just
0: not getting it done maybe the Broncos should rely more on the running game with the two-headed monster they have in Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman you'd think right they combined for 20 touches about 130 yards and two touchdowns
1: yeah their stat lines are very similar looking at them 12 for 69 and a touchdown for Phil Lindsay and 8 for 67 and a touchdown for Royce Freeman so there you go literally a split backfield for for Denver
0: yeah definitely and You know, personally, I would like to see them lean on Royce Freeman a little bit more. I I do think he's the type of running back that just needs a little bit more volume to really get his max value. But at the same time, Lindsey's, you know, he's given them every reason to keep him on the field.
1: Yeah, I think that's what everyone expected was for Royce Freeman to be the bell cow back. I don't know if I heard the name Philip Lindsay once in the offseason, and then all of a sudden, here he comes shot out of a cannon, in week one. Looking like the best running back in Denver. Yeah, and, and he hasn't slowed down since. Now, I I appreciate the more split approach to the backfield, and I don't know why Devontae Booker is still getting looks when you have two guys as talented as this, but I digress. Denver has a great run game and they need to they do need to lean on that. I completely agree with you there.
0: Yeah. So, you know, maybe they'll do it next week. This was their first loss of the season, so they'll you know, I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out. They'll continue to lean on that defense and maybe lean a little bit more on that running game to keep them in the division, keep them in the playoff hunt and you know, everyone's goal is to win the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens with Denver. But the Chiefs get the
1: win there. Great statement win for the Chiefs going into a, a uh, hostile enemy territory, hostile and territory that it right away. And th- that was both primetime games too. the Ravens did the same to the Steelers. So that's yeah, that's an interesting turn of events there. Absolutely. So that will wrap up week four.
0: And that puts my overall record so far at thirty four, twenty seven and two. Very nice. Look at that! I had a win nine and six week. percentage is
1: increasing a little bit.
0: I had a nine and six week. I'm still looking to break that double digit win threshold on a week, and we'll see if I can get it done next week when I predict the games on our Thursday night show.
1: Week five. Oh, Thursday night. That's coming up quick. It's like yeah. football doesn't stop.
0: No, it it certainly is. It certainly is. So I think that next on the docket here is some more power rankings.
1: Oh, you got an update for us? I
0: do. So just to recap what it was last week, I had the Rams at one, Jags at two. Chiefs were the third best team in my opinion. The Saints came in at four and the Eagles were at five. All those teams won except for the Eagles, so not much is going to change. I'm going to pull the Eagles out of the top five as Keegan just shakes his head.
1: Just you wait. We'll, We'll get it back.
0: Do you want to make an argument for me to keep the Eagles in the top five right now? Because I don't think there is No, one.
1: I, I can't really do that. Um, the Eagles played a very bad game this past week. Um, they had three, three fourth downs and for the Titans. The Titans had fourth downs in overtime, driving down the field, trying to win the game. Eagles defense couldn't stop them. Um, I don't know what they game plan for, but it didn't seem like it was the right team that they game plan for and it was just frustrating but you could kind of see it as a trap game you know the titans um no one really knew what they were and i guess they have a solid defense and as long as mariota stays healthy he looks like he's in control of that offense
0: enough to piece it together for them i don't know how they're three and one but they are so right and good for the titans
1: yeah, but I don't I don't um I don't knock you for for taking the Eagles out of the top five. They don't deserve it after this week, but I do believe they'll bounce back like they yeah. did last year.
0: I think that they will reemerge in my top five at some point. But again, my top four is gonna stay the same at the Rams, Jags, Chiefs, and Saints. No reason to move any of those teams. Number five.
1: Give me the Chicago Bears. Oh Chi Town coming in hot.
0: After Mitch Troobs. Mitch Throwing Dubitsky, for
1: 350 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, that'll do you. With that off, or s- sorry, with that defense, if Mitch can just bottle five minutes of that game from last week and take that with him the rest of the season, they're going to be a team to look out for.
0: No, I definitely agree. And certainly, I don't think he's going to throw for six touchdowns every week. But this game to me showed that that offense has the potential. Absolutely, And I think that they can build on it and, like I said, not throw six touchdowns a game. But this is a confidence boost for Mitchell Trubisky. I think people were starting to wonder what he really was. And, hey, he proved that he can ball when he needs to. So, got it done. I think that there were five different receivers that had touchdowns in that game. So, they can spread the ball around. That defense can stop anybody. So, right now, they look like a top five team. How say you?
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. The only other team I would consider putting up there would be the Ravens because I think the statement game Ooh. in Pittsburgh was, was a big one. And I think that, you know, the Ravens kind of had that Titans feel of, like, who are they the last couple seasons? Like, what do they want to do? They had a solid defense, but their offense wasn't really making any waves. You mean the
0: Ravens? I think you said the Titans.
1: I mean, the Ravens seemed like the Titans. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misunderstood that. How the Titans that. do this year. Yeah. But I think the Ravens are finally starting to emerge as, like, this is what their offense is trying to do. Their defense is very solid. So I think I think it might be a toss-up there, actually, for me, between the Bears and the Ravens. I think they're very similar teams in that respect.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that the Ravens definitely make my top ten, maybe a little closer to the top five, but I can only pick one of them. There you go. So
1: You're I the w- freshest. I went with the Bears. You have the freshest of the takes.
0: Yeah. I certainly hope so. And these fresh takes, they don't become fresh by themselves. Potato chips help.
1: Oh, love those chips. Me too.
0: Especially when you're sitting on the couch eating them, just ripping the bag open. Hopefully you don't pop it open because usually the bottom of the bag pops when you try to pop it. And then they just end up all over your lap. And that's just kind of a waste of potato chips. Grab a fistful. Out of the bag, not off your lap. I mean, hey, if they fall on your lap, then grab that fistful off your lap too. Try not to cut the top of your mouth with all the chips. But they're very crunchy, very satisfying. Love the saltiness of chips. Absolutely delicious. Perfect snack for watching the game. Perfect snack for snacking before lunch, snacking during lunch, snacking before your snack, snacking after your snack. You can really eat potato chips really whenever you want to eat a snack. So go to your local grocery store, gas station, wherever you go for your potato chips, grab a big old bag of potato chips and just dump them all in your mouth. Sponsored by Potato Chips. Yeah, I could really go for potato chips. They're pretty good. Have we discussed our favorite potato chips? I I know we discussed our favorite wing sauces.
1: No... I'd have to go uh salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar? Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna go with
0: probably pretty simple here, but I'm just gonna go with the uh the cheddar ruffles. Hmm. Keeping it simple. I will give an honorary shout out to the purple bag Doritos.
1: Oh, purple bag swag is I they believe say. we were
0: snacking on those the other day.
1: Sweet and spicy chili. So good, so good. So
0: but all right, I, I guess that's enough potato chip and snack talk. Uh, we're making me a little bit hungry here. So why don't we just go ahead now and jump into the primetime Thursday night football game.
1: Week five has begun.
0: It's going to be a great game. Oh, yeah. The Colts are coming to New England to take on the Tom Brady-led Patriots. Will we see Josh Gordon a little more involved? Will Sony Michelle keep up his hot start as the real bell cow in the New England backfield? Will Andrew Luck keep up his stellar performance? Will the
1: Colts' defense continue to play surprisingly pretty well?
0: We'll find out on Thursday night.
1: I think that's one of the storylines, the Colts' defense. I just, uh, you remember this from 5, 10 years back, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Every time they played, Classic. it was a marquee matchup. And then when Luck came in, that was back. And I think I don't think this has as much of the luster as it should have because Luck is back, baby. And Brady and Luck going head-to-head is a marquee matchup, in my opinion. I like it. I like that it's on a short week. Um, I know the players probably don't, but um, a big thing for the Pats is Julian Edelman makes his valiant he return. He also comes
0: back. I almost forgot about that guy.
1: Correct. I, th- I think a lot of people have, but I think he's going to make his mark um, pretty quickly, especially due to the absence of Rex Burkhead, Yeah, who's now on IR. Gronk um, is
0: nursing an injury. He's questionable questionable for Thursday. So, yeah, Julian Edelman is going to come back, and he's going to take a really big role in that offense, just like he normally does. Absolutely. So it will really be up to the Colts' defense, like we said, to try to slow that down just as the Patriots defense needs to try to slow down the red-hot Andrew Luck. Four yeah, touchdowns last week, 400 yards, another 404-club entry.
1: Yes, sir. He he had a huge week, and, and you know, it's interesting. You think about the, the mind frames these players are coming out of going into the next week, and would you rather be Tom Brady with – a relatively easy shutout of the Dolphins last week, or would you rather be Andrew Luck, who was really hard pressed and had to sort of shake off his rust because he hadn't really up to last week so far this year and really just sling the ball all over the field like we hadn't seen from him in quite some time? Um, I'd, I think I'd rather be the Colts in this position, you know, going into the Pats, having had that animosity. In that division rival game against the Texans, now they got to go up against the Pats, but they're gunning for it, and I think they're ready for it. So you would rather be the Colts in this situation than the Patriots? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think so because they had, you know, they had an easy time in Miami, and um, I really think they were on autopilot most of the second half. So yeah, I think in terms of sports psychology, um, I would rather be the Colts coming into this game rather than the Pats just for that reason alone.
0: I think that I completely disagree.
1: Oh, and
0: here's why. So I understand all of your points. I do, but I don't think that new England is just coasting into this game, especially because like I said, Josh Gordon's coming back. They're going to want to get him involved. Like you said, Julian Edelman's coming back. They're going to want to get him involved. It's almost really like a whole new offense this week especially like we said, you know, Rexburg heads out, Sony Sonny Michel proved that he can step up and really be that man, uh, albeit it was only one game, so he's going to look to continue that. So I, I think that the Patriots really still feel like they have a lot to prove and a lot to really work on in this game. And, I mean, I would just much rather be the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick-led Patriots really over pretty much anybody on any given week. They, they've proven that they can do it against all odds and, yeah. So I I'd rather be the Patriots. I'm gonna pick the
1: Patriots in this game too. Yeah, that's not yeah, that's not a surprise. Um yeah, I think like you said, uh the home field advantage, the the pedigree, I think that all speaks for itself. The emergence of Sony Michelle, the return of Edelman. I don't know though. We just did have two uh home field teams go down this past Sunday and Monday, so I don't know if I'm thinking about anything right now, but it is certainly interesting. The Pats are 2-2. Two two, the Colts are 1-3. and three. Um, Yeah, I don't... No, I can't quite call an upset, but it'll definitely be a good game, I think.
0: Well, I think it'll be a pretty good game for sure. I, I guess I just think that the Patriots' defense is a little bit better than the Colts' defense.
1: Yeah. So I mean, that's a toss-up, and that's why I think it will be more offensive, um but yeah. I guess we'll find out Thursday
0: night. I should probably give a score since I'm trying to do that. Oh boy, I haven't even thought about a score in this game. Uh I guess with everything said, I feel like I've been pricking some pretty high scoring games. So I'm gonna go with I don't really know why I said that, because I I'm probably gonna pick a pretty high scoring game here again too. At least to an extent, I'll probably go New England 27, Indianapolis 20. 27 to 20 sounds about right for this game.
1: Mm, yeah, nice close game, similar to the Chiefs-Broncos game, kind of just field goal in it.
0: Yeah, a couple of field goals, a couple of touchdowns for each team, but ultimately I think New England's going to come out on top. But
1: we'll have to wait till. Thursday night usually do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can dig it. Another fresh football take for you. There we go. Uh, and
0: with that, I, I guess that pretty much wraps up the show. It was a pretty quick show today. Just just three short games to talk about. Not much happening in my power ranking as as really all the teams except the Eagles won. And I take that as a compliment to a pretty solid p- top five power ranking. So I'm not too mad about it uh i snuck the bears in there instead of the eagles though so we'll be back yeah we'll see how thursday plays out we'll see how the weekend plays out and hey if you're listening to this then you feel exactly the way we feel and that's that we love some fucking football we love football
1: we love football